my slip pockets, my patch pockets. They're all in the still suit. I'll have to I didn't to come here to talk about Dune again. <laughs> no, but you came here to learn that you will be talking more about Dune I guess in the I future. Did. Yeah, exactly. You have tasted the spice wine and can see that future racing towards you. <laughs> Inescapable. Paragon Marathon, a chill hangout podcast for three studious siblings. I'm your executive pro dancer of this podcast, Dan. I also dance. I love to sing and dance. He loves to sing and dance. He loves to sing and dance. <laughs> came back around. It was a thing we'd referenced. Hi, everyone. I'm Sarah, and I'm responsible for every good intentioned episode that turned into a confusing, long <laughs> diatribe. But I had a great time. <laughs> And I'm Tom, and I totally didn't spend 50 hours trying to convince you that I'm smart, but in like an approachable way, in like a in like a really non-arrogant, like modest way that you didn't even realize it was happening. Oh I'm yeah, smart. No. For the I speak for the audience. I'm sure you read as Sundare. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So welcome to the the Paragon Marathon Season One finale slash recap. I like rap um, party or debriefing. Rap party. Ooh, a debriefed party. Debriefed and debugged and demystified. Damned. Okay. De loused. Yeah, that's also um, Just I like Mario's dick and balls. Hey. No, what? Uh, <laughs> All right, well, that is on brand. I guess I shouldn't question anything. I just yeah. listened to our Mario Bros. episode, which I was referencing. I, I, yeah, I don't know if the listeners know this, but uh, we're so, I guess... Nar- what's, is there, what's the word for narcissistic, but in a healthy way? Is uh, that just the <laughs> ego? Like the presence <laughs> of one? Sure. <laughs> I think um, delusional is mm, what that mm, is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We've been listening. We know that we are our own uh, biggest fans. Uh, it's not bragging. We just like listening to this podcast because I think, I think that uh, for all three of us, maybe the best part of this podcast is just like recording some hangouts that we can reflect on when we're not together that we can enjoy. Yeah, uh, that's totally. Maybe weird. I'll just speak for myself, but I've had we've been recording this for what, like two years, three. Oh, uh, it was yeah. a twenty twenty pandemic. Sheesh. Yeah, yeah, just pre pandemic, and uh, no, it was pandemic. Oh, it was, was pan- it? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, no, you're right. The Hercules episode was December twenty twenty, so that is pandemic. Man, I hate time. Um, so the official first episode was, uh, February, 2021. Um, now that's the experimental pilot. We're still in <laughs> Sarah. I don't know if we're, yeah, technically we're, Tom going forward. we're still on the spinoff. Renewing yeah. the uh, contract. Big Tom in the city. Yeah. Um, Probation period ends at the start of season two. So you better oh, no. Yeah. Well, we can finally get, uh, I don't know who, who are we going to get in here? Dad. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if we it's can get that. That's pretty big celebrity for our <laughs> little boss. But yeah, I got distracted. But like we, we, you know, we do the stuff that we think is cool and fun. We do some of the stuff that we want to learn more about. We do a lot of nostalgic uh, reflecting. And it's been awesome. 
So it occurred yeah. to me when I was writing out who we should thank besides listeners. I also want to thank you guys for both letting me into the podcast, but also doing it so much. It's been sweet. We love you and we love having you and your big, beautiful brain. Yeah. But uh, well. it, I, it's been a great excuse for us to like, you know, I remember college being really fun. And then after that, you kind of go to work and hey, if anyone from my job is listening, I love work. And I love working. It's great. Boy, I love work. Boy, howdy. But uh, <laughs> it's nice to have an excuse to like scratch that itch to study. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah. is pontificate a nice word or an insulting yes. word? Okay, good. No, pontificate. It's, it's fine. I love mm. it. It's fun. Yeah, I totally agree. As we were trying to like re uh, refine rather our like raison d'etre, more French from the Musketeers episode. <laughs> Uh, you're totally right. It was about giving us an excuse to hang out with each other. And as far as the topics go, I think we all discovered that after school, when no one's making you do it, it's way more fun to learn. <laughs> yeah, it turns out. Yeah, and this was a this was a great blend of like um, the rotating choices and the inclusion of movie club meant that like sometimes I could like dig down hard on a topic that I'd always wanted to learn more about. And sometimes I could take on a little more of like a passive role while still sort of engaging with the material and reflecting on it. And sometimes it was just like, hey, remember Hook? Oh, remember, <laughs> dude. Do I ever. Remember Titanic? <laughs> um, yeah, the most coveted job in the universe, I think, is person who is learning along with the audience in a podcast where you just get mm-hmm. to react and show up and have a good time. So I really like that we get to switch that role around. Oh, it's so fun. And yeah. Take the pressure off. I I hope the audience is with us when they see a movie club come on and be like, okay, cool. This will be increasingly deranged and fun with no stakes or information to learn. (laughs) Except how much that Yoshi doll cost. (laughs) A lot. Yeah. I think it's impossible. Like, the three of us haven't sat down and watched a movie together in a long time. But I remember that it would be a lot like this podcast. (laughs) We wouldn't stop talking. The whole time, because yeah. most of the movies we'd watch together, we'd already seen, right? Exactly. So, so we're doing it for each other, not for our own viewing enjoyment. I have received that criticism. Or, no. you know, just um, someone noticing that, like, it appears that you yeah, want to have more of a conversation than watch this film. <laughs> <laughs> I do I, think that's a really nefarious line to have to walk to, like, enjoy yeah. a passive thing with people. I'm like, am I letting them down by just sitting here? How much of this movie do yeah. I need before they need me to be on? Oh god! But also, I need them to know that I know this thing. That I. Yep. Yep. <laughs> I hope they see how smart I am. Yeah, I also hope that there aren't too many people who are like, uh, a podcast on the Adams Family values. I will listen to this for a brief synopsis of the film, and then like, <laughs> are extremely dis- <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Like, yeah. I hope that's not what's happening. No, but, Leonard Malton, forgive us. We are not reviewers. <laughs> I, um, well, I mean, like, because it's cool that we sort of have in the back of our mind connecting it to, like, our broad thematic strokes, which we could also say what they are because maybe they don't exist. But also, um, you know, I'd like to shout out or, or like, invite any listeners to talk to us on Tumblr or Twitter because, uh, we want to do things that people like listening to. And my understanding from the couple of polls, responses, comments and stuff is that the more classical stuff is more interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe not even the classical stuff, but just our more you academically know, inclined. 
Sure. Yeah. I think our most listened to episode for a really long time was some of the earlier stuff. Like um, Thor. Thor was big. Thor. Thor was big. Did we do Jesus or am I imagining? No, we did we Jesus. Did. We did a lot. Yeah. Of it. it was a two-parter. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's one right. one of my favorite bits because it's good. for some reason we brought up like a Christ spider and how he'd need like a <laughs> snowflake shaped cross. I always like that bit. That was fun for me. Uh, the, Jesus was big, and Beowulf, uh, Beowulf and King Arthur, oh, I, I so think, did really well. Those. King yeah. Arthur was big. Medieval yeah. fantasy is my wheelhouse. Like yeah. in terms of, here is a nerd thing I will enjoy aesthetically. Hmm. Um. I definitely had fun talking about video games, which we did a few times, maybe mm-hmm. just once. Uh, yeah, the um, Dark Souls thing, and then if you want to count the Mario movie, there was a lot of Mario trivia Mass Effect. in that one. Sure. Mass Effect, yeah, we, oh, yeah, Mass Effect. Um, God, those were which, heavy times. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, which, like, you know, I think that people aren't disinterested in that, but looking, well, I won't talk about looking forward yet, but, like, I'm definitely more angled toward more classic lit material. Um, like I'm pretty excited about it. Dan doing the Odyssey really like uh, motivated me a lot because I'd sort of known a lot of stuff about the classical world in passing or at a surface level because I always wanted to like have some understanding of time scale and chronology and broad artistic and philosophical and religious movements. But um, after we did the Odyssey, he just made it seem more approachable, and I was suddenly like less. Uh, I don't know. I I didn't have this like mental block. So I went and I read the Iliad, which was going to be our next episode. Yeah, uh, we might come back might, on that. That might be the season. Two I hope we do. Premiere. Yeah, yeah, I still want to do it. And I, I, is it okay if I just bridge into some of the stuff that I'm looking forward to talking about? Hell yeah! Um, I've been okay. Shout out to Literature and History, the podcast slash website. I've listened to like 50 episodes starting from the beginning. It is so good. It is so informative. It is a scripted, you know, written out podcast by a literature and histor and a historian and literature professor, um, sort of tracing big movements. And I, I have learned so much, but uh, in particular, like a lot of the Greek plays, I've actually like read like seven different Athenian tragedies now. Oh hell yeah, uh, dude! Fucking and I'm starting like, yeah, like. Oh, God, I'm so into there's this play by Aristophanes. It's a comedy called The Clouds, and he it's basically him because he lives alongside Socrates in Athens. And he's like, Socrates is a fucking loser. And so <laughs> the play is about this like farmer who wants to get out of debt. So he goes to Socrates's school, which is called the Thinkery. Nice. And he's going to learn how to like bullshit. And when he meets Socrates, he's like focused on something tiny on the table and his students are like Socrates just saw this flea jump onto his head so then he invented flea feet to measure flea jumps and he's counting out how many flea feet it takes for one flea jump he's a genius don't talk to him (laughs) this is how Salieri felt (laughs) yeah it's this level of satire that's like completely blowing me away Um, how many flea feet away did it blow you yeah well thousands at least (laughs) Um, there's just so much more going on in the classical world than like a, a bird's eye view can give you, which is obvious. I know. I'm really excited to to dig down on that and see how connected it all is. So. Like that's the tragedy of learning these things is that you have to learn them in the context of like one semester yes. with different like three different assignments along the way and then a final. Mm-hmm. And it just doesn't give you any time to like compare, contrast and enjoy and then be like, oh, wow, 
we really moved from like a more romantic focus to a tragic one. And like, what does that say mm-hmm. about the changing people and whatnot? Yeah. Shit's cool. And like holistically. How many, very much. And how many of the, um, like just with these Greek plays, they were all written in Athens over like an 80 year period. Most of the ones people know about. And, uh, they're all like his podcast outlines how like, yeah, this is using mythic figures that everyone would have known, but like, it is about, the social, political, and philosophical questions that they were worried about, like, that year. Like, this is actually about, like, being worried about the Peloponnesian War, or, like, remembering the previous generations fighting the Persians, or, like, um, the fact that Athens has suddenly become, like, a rich naval superpower, and that Hmm. the old people in the city feel weird about that, or whatever. Like, it's so much more grounded in the moment, like all art is, and... Yeah, yeah it just really broadens that. my perspective on on like contemporary art as well. So I'm really excited to dig into that season two of Paragon Marathon. Tom episodes are going to be largely focused on the ancient Mediterranean. Ooh, right? good. Like, that's the thing is it's hard to not just pick the stuff we're most comfortable with because I like the idea of finding out new topics from cultures that I've never looked at before. Same. But then that's also like I have to take a much broader approach because I am not familiar with any of it. And I'm worried about misrepresenting it or getting it entirely wrong. I'm glad you brought that up, Dan. That has been a huge blocker for me. Uh, When we ran uh, By the Gods more, I was really into pursuing, like, monster myths. Yeah. I thought that was really cool. And a lot of these fascinating tales, I was less scared at the time because I was 18 and, you know. We didn't have an audience we were yelling at. Exactly. Like, that's a very different atmosphere. And... The fear holding me back is just, you know, saying something that could potentially hurt someone. And I don't want to do that ever, ever, ever. Absolutely the last thing I want to do. That said, not saying anything about these incredible stories also sucks because they're fascinating and really interesting how they mirror us today in different Mm -hmm. circumstances. I remember like the fun I have is like comparing them to what we're representing today. Like with monster movies, there's a new, I think, Skinwalker movie coming oh, shit. out. Yeah. Which, like, uh oh. Yeah, we'll I'm see. sure that will be racially sensitive. That's the thing. You sent me the trailer for that at like 11 at night. I I'm so sorry. <laughs> I'm so sorry. And uh, the Wendigo, I think that's um, Guillermo del Toro is working on a oh, Wendigo right. movie. And like, th- these are really interesting, like, interesting creatures, but. What's the gain to be had? Is it just using these stories and creatures for monetary gain and in no way going back to the people who created them? Ooh, right? So yeah. like how do we I think that how do we touch I wanna on that? say I wanna say I think when you come at any of the like I understand the apprehension of not wanting to misrepresent or hurt anybody. First of all, you're not gonna like like the way that we do things, we're not gonna like hurt anybody's feelings. The only thing we could do is oversimplify or like ignore context. Mm-hmm. So when Yeah, when we're coming at something, especially from trying to understand the context of its inception and, like, the not authorial purpose of the stories, but, like, the cultural significance of the stories in their (laughs) inception, like, we could could get wrong, incorrect information, but, like, we try to use reasonable sources. Um, We're not going to be, like, digging up new shit. No, of course not. (laughs) So, like, yeah, like, you're absolutely right that the, the, the only way to lose is to not play. So, like... I, too, am excited for, in particular, um, India, the Mughal Empire, uh, some East Asian uh, stuff, and 
Yeah, it, basically the Indian subcontinent stuff. I've I've tried breaching in there. Uh, it's intimidating. There's a lot, but part of the reason it's intimidating is because there is no one like decisive universal answer. Like India is, you know, like the size of Western Europe with just as much or more diversity and history. So like you're going to get different interpretations of the same thing in different areas and times. Yeah. So finding a thing that's interesting to you and running with it is a okay. Sweet. Uh, right. When we were talking about what this episode was going to be, I thought of two different kinds of episodes I want to do in the future. And one I think would be great is the format Sarah brought up with the monsters episode where we could take just like a smaller, tighter look at insulated or isolated rather incidents and stories and then do like a homage or what's the word? Collage? Montage. Like collage. Decoutage. Decoutage. <laughs> Uh, yeah, just to have like a grab bag kind of thing. And the other kind of episode I was thinking of is maybe like a redux or a remix of previous topics. If we could find one that we had more info on or uh, something I've struggled with when I pick like the oldest, biggest book I can find is <laughs> racing through the content in like three hours and then not having <laughs> enough time to uh, yeah talk about themes or like the greater context of- around it. <laughs> yeah. In terms of planning, that was my biggest thought as well for both movie nights and main episodes. Uh, give ourselves like a 20 minute area where we recap the most important points of the plot and that's it. Mm-hmm. And the rest of it is focused on the specific ideas, concepts and themes we want to talk about. And then we can flesh out additional plot points as necessary if they are connected to that. But yeah, the format of broadly following plot and then using tangents to bear down on certain things um makes the episodes longer than they have to be and also right i don't think um, they're not enjoyable it's not either. the most interesting uh thread to use as like your navigating tool like it's not the most uh it's it, it's it's like that's a very good point logically you feel like that's the central thread you should follow through a work but like if it's not the point that we're most interested in if we're most interested in its thematic resonance then yeah you should be following that well said just before we get into, sorry, just before we get into reflecting on our favorite bits, which I do want to do, um, one other idea that I had, um, I love Movie Club and I'm not willing to stop doing Movie Club. <laughs> However, yeah. um, I think it would be cool to take like half of our Movie Clubs, so whether that's like every other pick we each get, so like three and three out mm-hmm. of six movies, be a movie that none of us have seen Ooh. that we think is like, you know, it's like one of those like culturally relevant movies that we all know that like people have seen or like mm-hmm. was influential or like was good or was bad, but is now good. Something like that. Yeah. Like a like a pop culture moment to like learn about and talk about as well as our your snakes on a plane. These, oh, the, sure. These extremes. Yeah. <laughs> snakes on a plane is a better example. I was not <laughs> thinking about Casablanca, oh, yes. but, but it could be, you know, I've never seen it. Yeah, exactly. Um, stuff like that. Um, but I also still want to do like we still haven't done. Jumanji. We still haven't done so many like nostalgic movies. We haven't done A League of Their Own, the movie I've seen more oh, than any other movie. We got oh, yeah. it. Um, yeah. Van Helsing. Anything that TBS it. put on 5,000 times. Yeah. <laughs> Our first sports movie is going to be A League of Their Own. That is so funny. Oh, oh hell yeah. That I or was the, replacements. the Replacements. Yeah. There it is. <laughs> yeah, I've also seen The Replacements a lot. And Keanu's back. We never knew we would be so saturated with him after that. After yeah. Shane Falco. Uh, I, yeah. I subscribe to that idea. Um, my first pick is going to be Citizen Kane 2, Hunt the for Kane Curly's Kane. Gold. Oh, nice. I 
I, I would like that. I think there are a lot of culturally important movies that just kind of make you feel like a like a better person after watching it. <laughs> yeah, and I, I just want to really articulate that I don't mean Citizen Kane and Casablanca. It I mean, sounds like, like that's exactly what you mean. But. No, like, well, you're going to need like, to give more examples of culturally relevant movies so, in a moment. I just, like, learn about shit in, like, the late 80s and 90s especially that was, like, really relevant to forming the taste of authors, artists, auteurs, whatever, who are making movies and TV today. So, like, over the last two years, I've seen a few that I had, like, always meant to see. Um, Like, Fisher King. Fisher King blew my fucking mind. That movie was so good. Uh, Robin Williams, Terry Gilliam joint, Jeff Bridges. Yeah, like, like... That would have changed the trajectory of my my like the things I like uh, if I had seen it any time before I was in my 30s. Mm. Um, The Popeye Robin Williams movie I have wanted to see for a long time. (laughs) Okay, never seen it. Right. Like that's a good example of something that they said ruined a guy's career. But like when people watch it today, they're like, I don't know. This kind of owns like I think this might be Shelley Duvall's greatest performance and like kind of brilliant. I don't really. Stuff like that. Like specific to that, I have arcane Popeye knowledge about like the first T or like newspaper comic he appeared in and how he died and was resurrected by a magic no. chicken. Is he yeah. a Christ figure? Yeah. Yeah, he is. That is that why his forearms are so fucking jacked? Because he can't get nails through those. Yeah. <laughs> oh god, this is bad. I I'm sorry I said that. I'm sorry, Christ. I um He already forgives you, it's easy. Okay, okay, okay. Okay, um, I would love that. I think they're. And I'll, I'll start writing down some ideas. That, yeah. Uh, for what this is all long term. It's also uh, a possibility that we could be like really good boys about this and like start planning and recording our episodes and not release season two until we were like a good chunk of the way through it. Oh, what I'd be so down to get into like having. Uh, like I, I want to work. Let's start now, and then we can, you know, group them by theme and concept, mm-hmm. and then mm-hmm. tie in, you know, all the animorphs jokes at once, leading up to the animorphs episode. Oh, we're going to do an yep. animorphs series, aren't we? Oh my god, Bro. that's that's coming down the pipe, like it or not. Like I, I can feel it. I don't want it, but I can too feel good. You're going to love it. Wow, it's the ultimate child soldier narrative. And we could do that timed around more audience outreach because we would like more people to listen to us if they like it. We've heard that people like this, but there are also people that have to be nice to us because they know us. Yeah. So, like, there I are a couple some coworkers of... that have told me when we suck. <laughs> like, oh, that's, uh, that's good. Like, oh, okay, cool. Yeah. What did they say really. about me, Dan? Tell me now. They said that you are dumb. No, no I just reached into what would hurt the most. I'm sorry. Uh, no, they said like, oh, you know, that one was too meandering for my taste ah, fair <laughs> or something enough. like that. Right. Yeah. Or like, you know what? I just asked going. for feedback. I reject it. Yeah. yeah only take it all back, please. You take what you get. Listeners. I'd like some <laughs> constructive compliments. Yeah. We have yeah. closed the comment section of our podcast. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, for real, please tell us on Twitter and Tumblr what you would like to hear. Um, and, uh, how tall you think Dan is. And which Animorph is your favorite? Sure. Five foot four rat. <laughs> kingly five five. <laughs> I, I, um, I'm ready to talk about favorite bits. Let's, let's talk about faves. Yeah. Faves. All time. Play the hits. Here we go. Someone's playing smash uh, mouth already. The first <laughs> movie club we did knocked it out of the park. So 
hard because it was Batman Returns, like the most unhinged <laughs> Batman ever made, possibly. So yeah. And by some definitions, sure. By some definitions, the best Batman. We all agree, yes. Yeah. It was just like such a levity after talking about like Dune and Furiosa and Christ. Like it was, yeah. it, was <laughs> it was a nice palate cleanse. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's why like we did it. Desert tragedies. All of those. <laughs> <laughs> Batman was an oasis. <laughs> oh my god. That was it. We emerged from the desert yep. into Gotham City Christmas time. After being um, tried by Shaitan, which is Dune Satan, for months or whatever it was. And it's not often that Tom holds so tightly in like death grips, like a movie that like is arguably such a such a f- I don't know what to call it. Fantastic film. <laughs> what are you doing, Sarah? <laughs> it is critically back- acclaimed. Yeah, don't you backpedal on how great Michael <laughs> Keaton is? Oh, no, I love me some Mikey Keats. I just, uh, it's just a, such a bizarre movie and you love it so deeply. It was really fun. <laughs> Real tour de force by Mickey K. Yeah. Yeah. The uh, early movie clubs were great. We really went hard for early 90s nostalgia with Batman, The Mask, and uh, was it Hook next? Yeah. Hook. Yeah. Oh, I love that. And, and that, then, oh, Brother, where art thou is the outlier here? But then back to Men in Black. And <laughs> Oh, Brother was great because we had done the like Odyssey right before. So we had like yeah. a th- an angle, which was fun. Mm-hmm. And look uh, at that. I, Dan was doing thematic construction even way back in. Oh, hell yeah. 22. You just wait till season two drops. All the threads are going to come together and you're going to see exactly the perfect hero's journey when you connect the dots from Hook to Odysseus to fucking Paul Atreides. It's just but, also uh, really fun for us. Oh, sorry. What were you going to say? I was just going to say that our original conception was like, this is about hero stories. And I wouldn't mm-hmm. mind putting like at least a nod to that. I think the ones where we tried to do the whole hero's journey step by step drag, but thinking about like what's cool about them is important to me yeah no absolutely and i i've always kept that in mind because like the definition of hero obviously is easier to apply to classical stories or epics but like we still call you know uh protagonist uh, yeah i was trying to think Firefighter. of some specific ex- like fred flintstone oh. is a hero oh hell yeah um, he is. goofy is a hero uh Right, even if they're not. Jack and Rose are heroes, even if they're not saving others. They are the hero of their story. This is the part where I get so excited because, like, what does that mean in our culture? If we're titling, what's the difference between a protagonist and a hero? Which is what I love. I eat that shit up with a spoon. Me too. And they're used... They're used interchangeably, but they are They have different connotations if you dig down. Like, type two of hero isn't, like, central character. It's someone that is laudable and has... Oh, yeah, that's when the definitions change. Like, we would say self-sacrificing moralist as opposed Mm -hmm, to, like, mm -hmm. he's so big, Hector threw the biggest fucking rock you've ever seen. Yeah, the element of sacrifice, but also I think it sort of speaks to, and I would love to talk about this at length later because it's kind of heavy, but just like, you know how people talk about like the Western-Eastern divide of like individualism versus like communal focus? Um, I think that the uh, hundreds of years of rugged individualist heroes has taken its toll, and so that's part of why we want to see like, you know, uh, uh, Gort Gecko as a hero (laughs) as well as gomez or whatever like uh or mario i'm just like looking at our list of episodes (laughs) but like 
everyone is the hero of their own story. And that's a super cliche. And it's also a result of us viewing the world through this individualistic lens where we have to be able to like create our own narrative and be the hero. Like we're not allowed to not be the hero of our own story, uh, even though it might be healthier. I'm the main character syndrome. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) But there's also that great Thomas King quote that I'm just going to paraphrase because I don't remember it word for word about how like you learn about a culture from the kind of stories they tell. And mm-hmm. like, that's where the insight comes from to me is why would you tell the story of this guy? You must value his financial acumen, Gordon Gurko. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and and yeah. even, even <laughs> without a specific example, like by telling stories about individuals overcoming personal or general adversity, you're saying that in this culture, like it is about you versus the world. Like, Oh, yeah. It's that thing about how, like, in a documentary, the character you don't see is the, or, like, the most important person to the story is the one telling it. Like, the reason, or, like, Mm. the guy chose to make this story at all is a factor, Mm. not just the story within the film. Well. So that's, that's why we have to keep thinking about the roles that we idolize and, like, the the way we frame our stories. And that doesn't mean that we need to get rid of protagonists. And that that doesn't mean we're wrong to call characters heroes when they're not classically heroic. But it's interesting to think about. Yeah, because it gives us context to that specific time, right? Like, the go-to example in my head is uh, the movie 300 and how that is just a direct (laughs) reaction to (laughs) 9-11. Yeah, we got to do that movie. We got to do that movie. We said that too much specifically, yeah. It's just like the most obvious Nazi propaganda that ever got like a huge budget like release and like exploded culturally. Yeah. So, yeah, I feel like everyone knows that it's Nazi propaganda, but like oh, no. No, freedom no, no, isn't no. free, Tom. No, <laughs> it's it's fascinating to like, I think January 6th was proof that like people still really resonate with 300 yeah. as like yeah. Yeah. A, be, just because of the amount of times it was like quoted or referenced in some way like people don't make that obvious connection Mm -hmm. because what's obvious to us is like just a slight change to another like there is a perspective that we can't enter at this point or like we have to work really hard to enter because of different circumstances i i have sure so we're going to talk about 300 later in the 300 episode, but as an aside, this will thematically fit into Tom's Mediterranean block. <laughs> and it was fun learning from this amazing literature and history podcast, which everyone should subscribe to, um, that like the idea of Spartans being this warrior culture, like they loved war that like, you know, it's not untrue that they loved war. Um, they constantly call people Athenians gay. Yeah. They were the gayest. Yeah. Uh, they, they talk about being this like, you know, uh, heroic warrior cult. Um, but that's more what we want you know, to see in them from this perspective. Right? Yeah. Yeah. They were slave owners. They were as good at war as like the Democrat citizens. And like most of this mythos of Sparta was from like Athenian rich guys who were frustrated by poor people getting poorer people getting more rights. Dude. And we're like, look at Sparta. They're so great. The strong rule. And like, you know, the people who are on top are there by virtue of their inherent power and birth. Uh, and like, yeah. there's no cloying poor people. So it's like mostly a drummed up version of an Athenian rich guys, like fantasy Sparta that we think is historical when it's just like completely not. That's so on the nose too. Who was the Roman guy that was like here's why the gauls are better than every roman Guys, sissy save it that- for the episode <laughs> I, know, I'm just, I can't remember the friggin- this is a summer 
every episode. I know. I haven't looked up the name of stuff that's killing you me. Can't I can't add do this. new themes. I need a to second monitor recap. and just have Wikipedia going constantly. Yeah. Oh my god, you guys. Anyway. <laughs> That's what we're excited for. That's what we're going to do. That's why stories are important. Heroes is so broad, like Paragons is so broad that we're well within, you know, like our, our target sort of theme or, or motive. Um, but we could be a little more thoughtful about it sometimes or like contextualizing why we chose an episode into like our broader mm. um, oeuvre. Which again, we should, if we had a few episodes stacked up, we could do that retroactively a little. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Thesis statements are a good thing. Um, yeah. Uh, just to bring this back, uh, five minutes ago we were talking about our favorite episodes. Mm-hmm. So uh, tell me your favorite episodes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I think the ones I like are the like educational ones that still felt fun. Uh, Beowulf, uh, King Arthur was a huge one for me. You guys rock. I really love King Arthur. Yeah. And again, and, and like the Odyssey, we had the movie to follow it up with and sort of stay in that space. I think that was really good. And we had uh, Gawain and the Green Knight for That's what I'm saying. King Arthur. That yeah, really I um, I love every movie club so much, but like I also think that the things I'm most proud of are some of the middle range uh, academic episodes. I don't know what main episodes. I don't know what to call them. Um, yeah, you could call them mains. I would call them mains because the movie clubs yeah. are less uh, formulaic. But like I have, the thesis isn't there the same way. If you want Tom's listening data... I have listened to Beowulf and Arrival more than almost any other episode, and then King Arthur is next. I'm so um, glad you liked Arrival. I am oh, dude, with I that fucking one. love that movie to this day. Obviously, and our episode's really good. Um, I was torn on that one because I felt like I was walking into territory I didn't grasp, but mm. uh, I felt like I learned so much from both of you, and especially like the caveats of like parenthood. And what it means yeah. to make those choices, etc. So I'm really glad. Just thinking, just thinking about that episode makes me like sad that I've not sad, but just like there's so much to do that like I want to commit to learning more about classics, but like there's so many amazing contemporary texts. Like I want to read more Ted Chiang short stories. I think I've read like four. Every single one like blows my mind completely. Yeah, uh, he is a total freaking genius and an incredible author. Which, like, often with at least sci-fi from the 60s and 70s. I think I said sci-fi. I meant sci-fi. Um, like, you get a guy who is a really, has a really interesting idea. And delivers it, like, so awkwardly. And I am talking about Isaac Asimov. Uh, that nerd. Yeah. <laughs> so, Ted Chiang is just, like, so incredible. So Stands elegant. alone. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like Frank Herbert and his great works. Herbert. <laughs> yeah, like his writing is fine. He understands like how to make a text feel sort of monumental, hmm. which is, works yeah. in his favor. We talked a bit about like the fractal nature of it. This is why I keep revisiting yeah. it is because every time I go through, I think, oh, this is another cool parallel to draw and appreciate. Uh, but yeah, so I, I don't know if I answered the question, uh, but th- those are some of my favorites. I really, really like the bit where I think it was from The Mummy, but we like made it a short that we like shared with each other where Dan's talking about like, what if <laughs> get the queen off my money <laughs> my and mummy. Uh, <laughs> what would go on there instead? A mummy. <laughs> and Dan's like, yeah, then I could say how many mummies this cost. <laughs> 
<laughs> oh, big Grandpa Simpson energy for sure. <laughs> yeah, no, I like that, and I, I'll, I promise I'll stop talking about Dune after this. But when uh, Sarah mm-hmm. asked about the Baron being like, "Wait, he's just floating for no reason," <laughs> and without thinking about it, I said, "No, he's floating for a very good reason." <laughs> that just makes me happy. You guys are so being an air hockey. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly it. I. You guys are really good at like saying something so bizarre and out of left pocket that it sticks in my head for like weeks at a time. So the mummy thing definitely <laughs> stuck. The the one of you like pretending to be a baby, like like what we must have done when we watched the mask of <laughs> Yes, <laughs> okay. said spoken. I I hope you do Flawless. that to Tristan. I hope so just dis- like desperately that he's like a little weirdo, just like us. <laughs> oh yeah. We gotta show that boy the mask. He's not ready. Uh, oh, he's ready. Zooby doo boo wow! See ya! Oh, so good. Uh, do you guys want to wrap it up there? Yeah, or I anything else oh, I was to say? Looking through my notes, I think that for season two, we owe the furry community an apology. No. They're probably our biggest fans yeah, at this point. Refuse. So, <laughs> it's clear that we are mystified by anthro slash furry, but uh, so is everybody. And like the, the problem is we can't admit it. Um, <laughs> yep. Yeah, like I, it, it, there. It's so fun to make fun of thur- furries, but I hope it is clear that like it's not in a hateful way. We're not the conservatives spreading false stories about students in high schools using litter boxes. We think it's <laughs> hilarious and weird. Yeah. Uh, yeah, we know and, schools don't you know, have money for that. Yeah, <laughs> and like as much as I love to remark on it, I certainly respect extremely bizarre internet public horniness. So you know. <laughs> Go off, kings and queens. Yes. Yeah. And snakes and salamanders and, oh my god. And planes. My tummy is yeah. rumbling like crazy. Uh, you hungry for salamanders? No! Not again! <laughs> this podcast has been a really great lesson in me, like, remembering that I actually have to work to be funny. Like, it's like, <laughs> like I have to practice. Like, I, I want to be- get better. It's been good training <laughs> for that. Yeah, it's easy enough to make, like, you know, a coworker laugh by saying, like, a uh, an unguarded truth yeah. <laughs> about, about yourself that someone thinks is hilarious in a bit. Yeah. And it's like, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That'd be wild if someone thought that. Yes, we bring you closer by showing you our uh, exposed half dragon heart and saying, isn't this weird? <laughs> yeah, it is that. Because, like, I'm not trying to... Okay, this is not me intending to be, like, I'm not like other girls, but, like, You're if not, I just I turn... If I just... Like, if I'm at work and I turn off the part of my brain that is like very specifically filtering shit. I'll just be like getting coffee next to someone and be like, man, now that Mario can turn into an elephant, I wonder what that's going to do to the porn frontier. Uh, like, and they, they, they think you're being very funny and incisive. And it's like, no, I'm just worried about it's a genuine question. Yeah, uh, one one thing that I didn't get across is that, like, I think that it's a good thing the season ended when it did, because the Mario episode is great, but it, I am, uh, like, unhinged and unleashed with the editing. That episode <laughs> is so full of sound effects and music, uh, and I feel like it almost ruins it. We gotta like, get you a soundboard, so yeah, you can do it live. Yeah, I really need one. So yeah. you can't unring that bell. I, I want that so bad. It's just gonna be, like, loose that <laughs> on the world. Boink, boink. Well, I'm uh, hoping that, like, yeah, real drive time stuff. Get the let out. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
window breaking sound. Um, yeah, yeah. So apologies to people who hated the sound effects. I was, you know, it was my chance to do Mar- classic Mario shit, even though it was Dan's movie. Uh, but yeah, I had a, I had a lot of fun making that one. And I'm still listening to that almost Unreal song. It got its hooks in me. Dan, stop. <laughs> it's so good. Incredible. Incredible. <laughs> you got the power to heal. Yeah. Incredible. So uh, should we thank people for season one? I don't like, want maybe this Dan to be an apology, an... right? So, like, I no, think hell no, hell no. Yeah, we can, of... we can, yeah, edit out a lot of the stuff if we're too apologetic, Sarah. Like, some, some of it's fine, but, like, you know, it's all good. I'd like to say I'm genuinely really proud of what we've done. And it's been hell yeah. such a fun three, almost three-year jaunt with you two buckaroos and exactly uh, i can't wait i want to keep it going like and yeah like i this is i'm hoping that the i was hoping that the season recap thing would sort of close it off and make it feel like less of like an up in the air like are we doing it anymore thing because i totally want to keep going yeah um but i think taking a break is also a really good idea summer fun we're gonna regroup let's play some like breakfast club music because this is finale energy breakfast club right because, yeah, thank you, guys. This, to me, feels like, that I've said it before, like an audio scrapbook that I just want to yes. preserve and keep adding to. And it means so much to me that anyone else would listen to it at all. That's fantastic. I love you guys out yeah. there. You with the earbuds. Yeah. Mwah. Kiss. Kisses. Uh, the thesis of this podcast <laughs> is that we happen to be siblings who love each other. Oh, no. <laughs> and, and, uh, I guess we just like rubbing it in the world's face. A little bit. Yeah. <laughs> right. Like, it does seem like a rare thing. So we should be grateful for it. And then, I don't know, what else do we do to celebrate it? Smoke weed and watch 80s movies? Yeah. Um. But yeah, so uh, as Dan and Sarah said, thank you, everybody, like, so much. We're honored by anybody who listens to us. But also, please talk to us on Tumblr and Twitter. The Tumblr is by the gods, but we should just change it to Paragon Marathon. That um, sounds good. The, and the Twitter is at Marathon Paragon. Not Paragon Marathon, but if you search either, we'll come up. Um, mostly it's just me reblogging a couple of uh, classical world meme accounts. Nice. But uh, we can get some other stuff in there. Yeah, we yeah. can. Please let us know what like topics that you would like us to cover. Because it's that's also true. There's so much to choose from that like if there was a, a couple of voices being like, man, I would really like to hear your guys' take on, you know, whatever. Sophocles or like fucking... Raw. Uh, the name of the rose like Ooh. yeah uh which is on my desk and i'm reading right now and maybe, maybe i'll do that imaginary person who yeah oh imaginary person wants me to read it sure Why not? <laughs> or like monsters inc or something that's good for me too <laughs> cut back this part of where we think tom's mentally healthy where he has to create a whole person to justify a book <laughs> <he's> reading <laughs> just a thought <laughs> closing thoughts be, be done. Do I have ADT? Yeah. <laughs> okay, That's my but... closing thought. ADHD. Uh, it's hyperactive cousin. It's... <laughs> All right. Well, bye-bye, babies. See you yeah, next summer. For one All last right, next... time in the season, goodbye, babies. We'll see you next, baby. We'll see, <laughs> see you next, baby. Smoke it. <laughs> Smoke it.
want me to you want me to sing a song for the outro? Yeah. After the post credits outro. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, uh. You know I'm trying to play the sidelines. <laughs> Gotta make my own highlights. <laughs> it's time to heat up for the fight of my life. Show them what I got, cause you know that it's all mine. That's a, this is faded out here. Faded out, faded out, faded out. <laughs> That's all the loading screen music I remember. Keep going. <laughs> yeah, I usually choose my character by that point.